0: Glory to God. Welcome to the broadcast today. This is Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. We're glad to have you with us whenever it is you might be watching this broadcast. And uh, we're just excited about what the Lord has us ministering on now in the worship services on Wednesday night and Sunday mornings. And and uh, on the Monday and Thursday Hebrews Bible study and the Friday morning uh, Bible study. And this will be part five today of Jesus, Our Example. And uh, we will begin to specifically look at in this series uh, the things that are what the Bible calls true. Uh, True faith, true bread of life, many things in the Bible called true, the true vine and and several things. We will look at all of those because each one of those uh, point us to Christ because He is the true and the genuine. Really the only thing that is true and genuine in God's eyes is Jesus Christ and what makes anything about Him applicable to our hearts is what he did at Calvary. It is the masterpiece, the highlight of God. It is the focus, should be the focus of every minister, not just something we drag in at the end of a message here and there, but it should be the highlight, the focus uh, of, of our ministries. The ministry God has given to all those he's called into the ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. And that reconciliation only takes place through the blood. And it's reconciliation from being lost into God's kingdom of being saved, born again, filled with the Spirit of God. Or it's as a child of God and having gone wayward like Paul did when he first got saved, not knowing how to live for God Not knowing how to live in victory that was afforded him in Christ at Calvary. uh, Realizing uh, trusting in the law wasn't doing it. Trusting in what he did wasn't doing it. So he cried out. Not to save him from the religious rulers and Jewish legalistics. He didn't cry out to save him from the heretics. He cried out God save me from myself. And the answer the Lord gave him is the same answer he gives everybody is that it's through the Lord Jesus Christ. That means what he did at Calvary is the only place reconciliation comes from. And God gives his ministers, commits really unto all his children the word of reconciliation. I'm quoting out of Second Corinthians chapter 5 right now. But God has committed his word of reconciliation unto all Christians. So the word of God has to always be tied to Jesus Christ and him crucified. It has to be the the highlight of the message. I know that uh, the Lord has done some amazing things over the last 25 or so years bringing the message of the cross back into the church. And uh, we must guard that. We must guard our own hearts from from letting loose of that. And we must keep this faith. For there's only one faith, Ephesians chapter 4 tells us, and that faith is the faith by which we live. And Paul told us in Galatians 2.20 that it is the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. So this morning, let's begin our journey in these sessions of Jesus, our example, and let's look at the first specific uh, uh, thing, or uh, this avenue of the things that are true. And we'll take our text this morning as our springboard scripture, if you will, from Philippians 4 and 8. And that scripture tells us, finally, brothers, whatsoever things are true. And the Bible not only is truth in all of its words to man is truth, but he he says whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise... Think on these things. So we want to take our text from this particular scripture today and we will look at others. But Philippians 4 and 8, just the first portion of this text. Whatsoever things are true, think on these things. For if they aren't true, if it isn't truth, then... It doesn't matter what we call honest or just or pure or lovely for without the truth, those others do not exist. And the conclusion always has to be that Jesus is the truth and that the truth He offered and told us that would make us free when we know it is what He, the truth, did for us on the cross to offer us that freedom. And it's not just a one-time belief initially in, born again, and now I'm free, although that's a factual statement. But Jesus taught a daily denial of self, a daily taking up of the cross, so that we could daily experience the liberty and freedom of the truth, the things that God has ordained that we walk in, His will can only take place as we're experiencing the truth, being led into the truth. All God's words are truth. And when we hear them properly, we see the picture of righteousness. Proverbs 12 and 17, "...he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness." Some of you may be thinking, well, I've heard that over and over and over, but do you understand it? Because His righteousness only flows from what He did at Calvary. So when we are hearing truth, seeing righteousness, walking in that righteousness, then we are in reality, in experience, being made conformable unto that death through which that power and that righteousness comes and not just declares us righteous, not just makes us righteous in Christ, but also bears forth the fruit of that righteousness. This is what Christians need to hear, that we've not just been declared righteous, we're not just righteous in Christ, but we have the opportunity now to bear forth the fruits of that righteousness but it doesn't just happen without a focus on the sacrifice of Christ. We're not being made conformable into anything that we're not looking at. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 somewhere around verse 18 that we're being made... Let's just go there and look at it, that we're being made into that image. And I don't want to mess it up, but let's look at it specifically there. But we all, 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with open face, we're we're not blinded any longer, the veil is gone, because we've trusted in Christ. We all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, watch this, are changed into the same image. Remember Philippians 3:10 tells us we're being changed and conformed, made conformable to his death. That's the only way Romans 8 and 29 is in fact taking place in our lives where we're being made conformable, we're being conformed into the image of His son, Romans 8:29 if we're being made conformable unto his death, and here the Bible calls it the glory. Let's read it again. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image of the glory of the Lord, the Son of God, the death of the Son of God. Get that now. What does that mean? We're, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been preaching this message 16, 17 years, and I'm just now stepping into a better, uh, a more clear picture of what this really means. We're not being made conformable unto a, a bloody uh, mess hanging on a tree. So what is it? We're being conformed into the image of His Son who Jesus is the express image of God, the very express image of His person, but He came and dwelt among men as a lamb, humble, lowly, meek, being led only by His Father, the Shepherd of all heaven, His Father. And if we're being made conformable to His death, that means we're being made conformable. It means we're partaking of that divine nature which is the nature of the Lamb. I want you to understand. I know you've probably never heard anything like that. I haven't until recently. But it's helped me to see that which we're actually being made conformable to. The person of the Son of God. The person of the Son of God who as the Lamb of God Lamb. when we say the phrase the Bible talks about the Lamb of God it only refers to the sacrificial work of Christ on Calvary's cross. And so many things are spoken of in the Bible as the Lamb, the apostles of the Lamb, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Those Uh, that overcome the evil one in this world overcome by the blood of the Lamb. I mean, the phrase the Lamb of God speaks of the sacrificial death of Jesus. And we need to know these things. And it's that disposition of Christ. It's that nature of Christ which was the nature of a lowly, meek, and humble and obedient Lamb of God. Trusting everything that would happen to him to his father who only judges righteous judgment. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're being changed into that glory if we know what that glory looks like. Glory to God. This is is why it's so important to rightly divide the word of God. And if we as God's ministers really knew how backslidden and far away from God was, non-Pentecostal and Pentecostal alike, how backslidden and far away we were, that we are, that almost all the church doesn't know what it means to be led by the Spirit, to walk after the Spirit doesn't know what it means to be conformed into the image of God's Son being made conformable unto his death, you start talking about the death of Christ, your crowd's going to get smaller. All the money hungry folks can build a crowd, but the cross preacher's not going to build a crowd. Never going to be a crowd, never going to be popular. Matter of fact, going to be that antichrist spirit is going to be doing everything it can to tear down the preaching of the cross. Why do you have to talk about the cross all the time. You ain't got to say the cross all the time. Those phrases come from an antichrist spirit that works even within the hearts of believers today unfortunately and always has. You read books by men from hundreds of years ago. They're talking about the same issues then that are here now that's always been there. Listen, there's always somebody who's trying to tear down the message of the cross and when they can't refute the scriptures, then they just have to start throwing darts at everything else. But... Thank God for the few today, and there are here and there all over the earth, a few who's not just talking about the cross, but becoming, as the apostle Paul, determined to know nothing other than the preaching of the cross. For it is the power of God, nothing else is. The word of God is not the power of God without it being dipped in the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, let's get into this today. Our first subject under this little avenue that we're being led of the Lord about the things that are true. Let's look at the first one this morning called the true bread. And we'll see Jesus declaring himself as the true bread that came from heaven. In John chapter 6 verse 32. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Now Jesus begins to speak of himself as the true bread of heaven. And we'll read uh, several verses this morning in John chapter 6, a beautiful chapter of Jesus' teaching concerning Himself as the bread that came from heaven, that men might partake of Him, get this, daily, to be able to partake from the table of the Lord and, and, and have the life of God within them rivers of living water flowing within them And the more we focus on Calvary, what Jesus did on the cross for us, and the scriptures begin to be revealed to us in that light, then we will find ourselves believing on Christ as the scriptures have spoken of him, and rivers of living water will be flowing from our innermost being. The more we struggle with, listen to me very carefully the more we struggle with uh, should our focus really just, should we just really surrender and be all in with all the scriptures being dipped in the blood of the Lamb and pointing to the Lamb of God and the cross of Christ and all? should we just throw our talent and just give in and put our eggs all in one basket? Should we? As long as there's a struggle there, There's going to be problems there. There's going to be problems where there need not be any problems. There's going to be quarrels and disputes where there need not be any. Listen, when you just throw all your eggs in one basket and you're just sowing nothing but to the Spirit, then you'll find what the Apostle Paul found that everything I've been looking for Everything that I need, everything that I will ever be according to the will of God will happen by the Spirit of God through faith in the sacrifice of Christ. That being a, a now faith, a today's faith. Because again, Jesus taught that Christianity is a daily denial of self, a taking up a cross daily and following Him. And he said, you can't follow me unless you take up your cross. Hallelujah. So uh, Jesus begins to teach in John chapter 6 about him being the true bread that came from heaven. He's the only one who's ever come from heaven into the world. You and I came into the world through the reproduction system of men and women. But Jesus didn't come into the world through the reproduction system that God set up for men to to make men after their own kind. Jesus took part of the same that we're made of, a body of flesh and blood. But he, He wasn't reproduced after our kind through the reproduction system of men and women. He came from heaven to earth. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 47 says He is the Lord that came from heaven, the last Adam. Hallelujah. He's the true bread and He must be partaken of. We must eat the bread. And the only way to eat the bread, unfortunately, most are teaching it's just your daily Bible reading. The Word of God is only the bread for our soul if we are receiving the illumination of the the truth of Jesus as the bread of heaven where that bread was broken for us to be able to partake of it. He showed that in his last supper with the disciples before he suffered on Calvary's cross. Took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body that's broken for you. Take and eat. The, The word of God is the bread of life if we're seeing it, receiving it as the bread being broken in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. If if we just read a chapter a day and, 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 and its purpose is not for the conforming us into the image of the one who became the broken bread for us, then... Uh, my friends, we, we, we are just really wasting time instead of redeeming the time. And uh, the church has become so psychological and so emotional and feel good uh, that we just, if we're not careful, we'll be preaching and teaching messages that's uh, only benefiting us as the ministers and not the people. We will. Be, well, it's very easy thing to be a hireling today, uh, where we just are uh, preaching what we're preaching. We can go here and preach a certain message, and and then give them the opportunity to preach that same message somewhere else because others need to hear it. Well, we we don't quite preach it there because there's I've got I've got something to lose over here if I preach that same message that I preached over here. We have to be careful about that. We need to be ministering that which the people need and not based on my needs as a preacher. What I'm getting out of this or what I might not get out of this. See, this is how we know when the true ministers of God show up because there is a, there is a calling there that uh, does not look upon the face of the people, is not concerned with the financial status. They're concerned with the truth being presented because that's what God is presenting through them or attempting to. And it's a dangerous thing to stand in the way of what God is doing by being bought with a price, living our lives out, or menis- being in ministry based on some other purchase than that precious blood of Jesus. And there are a lot of people who, who don't like really the focus being that of the cross Uh, you know there's a lot of misconceptions and, 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 and there's a lot of statements being made to try to detour the focus and the sellout to the truth of the cross but you know we just keep going on because if it weren't for those that go on and stay determined like the apostle Paul to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified then there would never be a place for people when the Lord is attempting to wake them up to this great and powerful and keeping truth of God for them to be able to, 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 to hear the truth and to learn and to grow. But we, we, we're just going the course in spite of the loss or the gain, amen? Jesus is the true bread from heaven. The, the, the Israel is not the bread. The Catholic Church is not the bread. Preachers are not the bread. We, a denomination is not the bread. We, the true bread is the bread that came from heaven in the person. Of the Son of God as the Lamb of God. The living Word of God came and dwelt among us as the Lamb of God. The only avenue through which the light of God can shine is Jesus as the Lamb of God. And it's the only avenue through which you and I can open our Bibles and partake of the bread of life, the broken bread of life. We must be partaking of broken bread, meaning the Word of God written in the context of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, broken for us. Uh, It must all be in that context, all of it. And, uh, you know, again, we just need to give ourselves to the truth of the Scriptures, the true bread. If we're not partaking of broken bread, Jesus Christ and Him crucified, we're not partaking of the bread of life. It, the recently word got back to me that an individual who had been years ago, a few years ago, in our church for a few years, that he wasn't being fed in this ministry any longer. And where the message of the cross is the message from every jot and tittle of God's Word and someone makes the comment they're no longer being fed in that ministry is really a person who doesn't know what is on the table of God doesn't know what God is serving for God doesn't have a different dish every day there's only one thing on the table of the Lord that uh, that that's there for us even in the presence of our enemies that will cause our cups to run over and us to know that our head is anointed hallelujah there there's only one thing on that table and that is the broken bread who is the Lord Jesus Christ and the cup that represents the blood that was shed for us through Calvary's cross, if the focus is not the cross, then the true, then the focus is not a true focus. If the focus is not Calvary's cross, the work they're done, then whatever we're reading in the Word of God cannot be a pliable bread for our souls. We need to know that. I understand God is bringing a greater focus here as this age comes to a very close end, and many people will be saved, but will. Have lost so much. That's probably the story of all our lives. Uh, There will be so much more that we could have done that we could have partaken of. But to go through this life uh, and to use God's Word outside of its true focus, its true context which really is Jesus and His righteousness because all God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 in eight and they have to be because the path we're on is the path of righteousness and we must be hearing truth which is God's word in its righteous context to see that path and to walk in that path these are things that we don't just hear one time and get it and now we've got it this is what we have to teach for the longevity of our lives and ministries. Romans chapter 6 verse and 7 it's not something we phase through for a few years and then move on. It's something we never leave because most have never heard it and most that have have not yet submitted and surrendered to it. And we don't stop teaching and preaching these things because the people aren't getting it. We preach it and teach it until they do. Uh, uh, or, or they, or they will their whole life have to reject it. Only the hireling would begin to teach and preach other things. Paul didn't do that. Only the hireling would begin to preach other things because the people really aren't accepting what they should be accepting. That won't work. That won't help. And we find ourselves in a time, in a place really of deception instead of uh, walking continually, abiding in Christ and sharing these truths that cause us to no longer waste time but be found walking in the place where time Time is being now redeemed and all these things are tied together. The redeeming of time in our lives instead of walking is foolish. Redeeming the time, being conformed into the image of the Son of God, made conformable unto His death, being changed into that same glory is all wrapped up in one and the same thing. Faith in the sacrifice of Christ. When we begin to think that was a one-time deal that got us in the kingdom into the body of Christ that saved us and justified us and now we've got to move on past that, that, that shows our own ignorance because Jesus taught a daily denial of self, a daily cross so that we could experience the benefits of those things the mediator, Jesus Christ himself, is trying to mediate into our lives for this very process of partaking of the true true bread. Anything anything that's not faith in the death of Jesus is not true bread. The true bread was not among Israel until Jesus came. He came from heaven as the true bread to be broken so he could be partaken of as Savior. Israel wanted a king but they wouldn't accept Him as Savior so they rejected their king. If Jesus is not Savior, He is not King. And when He comes back in the moment a precise moment to save Israel. He will save all of them in that day at the end of the great tribulation, the end of uh, the time of Jacob's trouble. They will then accept him as Savior and then he becomes their king. Without him being Savior, he is no king. We need to remember these things. We need to know these things. And He not only saved us initially from the wrath to come and eternal hell and separation from Him, but He is attempting to daily save us from ourselves and the only avenue of that experience is if we are partaking daily of that true bread that came from heaven that means Jesus Christ the son of God him being broken as true bread the true bread that came from heaven and offered to us as daily bread not just a bible verse this morning that i read and i feel good about but a, a bible verse that i'm read this morning and that the holy spirit is showing me and trying to glorify Christ in me by showing me a greater picture of what I have in Christ Jesus as the broken bread, my partaking of that broken bread today so that I might also be partaker in that resurrection power that only really points back to where the power comes from and reminds me that I'm being made conformable unto the very place the power comes from, the death of Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Don't you get excited and your heart just leaps for joy when you see the scriptures in the light of the one who said he is the light and faith in what he did to become that light. Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light light to my path but only if it's in the context and the illumination that comes only from the Lamb of God. For the Lamb is the light. Hallelujah. Revelation 21, 23. Write these things down The Lamb is the light, not just of the coming kingdom from heaven. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is within you. Jesus dwells in our hearts by His Spirit. And the light we have is the light of the Lamb. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you're learning these things? You know these things. The more you learn of these truths uh, that, that show forth the righteousness of Christ... The more you're gonna to want to hear of this. Not everything else. It's dabbling out there, just hanging on strings. Like, 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 come, come and get it. Come, you got to take a few more steps. Oh, God's getting ready. God's getting ready. Oh, God's done what He did two thousand years ago, so that you could be in the process of making yourself ready today as the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's getting ready. God's getting ready. No, God's already done. I got to say it again. Everything He would do that we would need on the cross 2,000 years ago in His faithful, obedient, humble, lowly, and faithful Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as that Lamb, the Lamb slain, hallelujah, so that you and I could be found today, all found by Him, making ourselves ready as the bride, how? by keeping these garments of righteousness unspotted. How? By partaking again today of the true broken bread that came from heaven. Glory to God to be offered to us and all men by the grace of God in death that we might partake of again today through faith in the Word of God in the context of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. There's some that's just now coming Coming into this and I praise God for them. There's some that's been in it strong but now they're dabbling and moving away. And let me give you a little a sign this morning. Let me see if I can pull it up. I want you to hear this this morning. If I could bring it up. Colossians 1.28, I'm going to give those of you who are desiring to learn the message of the cross. So people who are going that direction are listening to those who are preaching the word in this context. And to use phrases such as, they don't understand, nobody in hell ever understood Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And they didn't want to. We got to watch using phrases like that for people who just not going that way at all. Not, not. They're not going that. Way. They've heard it and they're not going that way. Right here in our own community, a, a preacher told us years ago when asked. Uh, are you listening to Brother Swaggart and the message of the cross? And they said, no, that's not the way we're going. We're following Brother Hagin and the faith he teaches. So uh, everybody that's a Christian's going a certain way, and the way they're going is based on who they're listening to. Beware what you hear. Beware who you hear. If you're, if you're, if you're wanting to learn the message of the cross, then, then you got to be listening to somebody preaching and teaching the message of the cross. And it always comes with warning. Watch very carefully this morning as I give you a golden nugget so that you can walk in a greater place of discernment. I'm not talking about condemning people. There's all sorts of accusations about the ministers who who preach the cross and and, and, and walk in a, a more determined place don't want to hear anything else except the word in that context of being condemning and elitist and think they're the only ones that know that's what believe me all that was said about Noah And the Bible said when Noah obeyed God, built the ark, and 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 saved his own house, the Bible says that he condemned the whole world. Those who feel condemned are the ones lashing out. If they're saved, there's no condemnation coming from God to them. But the condemnation is in their heart because they know what's right, but they're fighting against that direction So instead of contending for the faith, they're found in a sinking boat where they're contending just to protect certain individuals. It's not what we're here to to contend for. We're here to contend for the faith. And just because when people creep in and start trying to milk it down and move away from it, you'll always know how. You'll always see this, this one sign, if not others for sure. Watch this Colossians chapter 1 verse 28 when the Holy Spirit through the apostle Paul says talking about Jesus Christ whom we preach warning every man. If you're listen, when you're when you hear ministers who aren't warning against things that are not the way of the cross, they, they stop warning or they never have. Where there's listen, this doesn't say we preach and we warn. This says whom we preach Warning every man. Our preaching is warning. Where there is no warning, the preaching not right. Preaching is not right without it. Especially if 1900 years ago when John wrote what he wrote about this is how we know we're in the last hour because there are many antichrists, that 1900 years ago, Well, where are we now? Where are we now with antichrist spirits? all up in the church where there's preaching and teaching but no warning. Paul said this Christ that we preach, we preach warning every man. Who? Every man. Warning every man. If God is speaking, He is warning. And when you're hearing all this preaching and teaching without warning against those things that are not the faith, You better wake up and ask yourself who it is that's really behind the teaching there. If God is speaking, He is warning. Adam, you are free to eat of all the trees in the garden, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. Do you hear the promise of freedom? comes with a warning and a responsibility. John 3.16, most never really see a warning in that, but there's a warning there. God so loved the world that whosoever believeth upon his son shall never perish, but have everlasting life. There's a warning of perishing in that very verse. If God is speaking, He is warning. Listen to this again. Colossians 1.28 Whom we preach warning every man. It doesn't say we preach and we warn and we teach. No, no, no. It's all wrapped up together. Whom we preach warning every man and our wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. The only way there's going to be a presentation of the children of God perfect in Christ Jesus if they're teaching and preaching that one one avenue that makes perfect and complete in Christ Jesus and warning against every single thing that won't do it. And that a mixture brings harm. One drop of, one little tiny, tiny, tiny drop of red food coloring, red food dye, or anything other, dropped into a thousand gallon tank of water dilutes the whole tank. Scriptural evidence, a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. When? As soon as it's dumped in. As soon as it's dumped in. You and I must preach and teach and if it's properly done, it in and of itself is warning. The cross of Jesus Christ is a promise of life and a warning of eternal death. The cross of Jesus Christ is the place where Jesus, as the true bread that came from heaven, offered himself. It's the place he pulled the curtain on the old man. That's it. It's over for him. Now the manifestation of the fullness of that has not taken place yet, but it's coming soon to a theater near you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's also the place that the new creation that's eternal began. Oh, it all happened on Calvary's cross. Jesus ended all things that He once began. He became, hear me this, oh my goodness, Jesus became the end of all things He once began so that He might become the new and eternal beginning of all things as the new creation that pertained to the new creation. Men and women, boys and girls, created in righteousness through faith in the one who is the broken bread for them on Calvary's cross. The the new heavens and the new earth because of the cross. If we're going to teach on marriage and raising children, faith, fasting, the new heaven forgiveness, mercy. If it's in the Word of God, it's got to be in the context of the one who is the living Word of God and what He did on the cross for us to partake of who He came to be for us, the broken bread. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He is the true bread. The partaking of Him only takes place as we partake of Him as the broken bread if you're looking for a crown now you're not getting it this journey is not about a crown on this journey this journey is about Daily denial of self, taking up that cross so self can be denied and we can follow our Savior in His footsteps, which are footsteps of righteousness. Psalms 85 13. Righteousness went before Him and has set us in His steps. Write that down. You need to know these things. We do not have a crown here in this life we are running this race fighting the good fight of faith. That means clinging to the cross. That means trusting only in the cross. That means when Bible verses are laid on the table, they're seen in light of the cross. Thank God for Brother Swaggart and his commentaries and and, and the men just in little... Pinpoints of light throughout the, the this uh, church age. Very few there's been, but such as a man such as named F. J. Hugel back in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And we 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 need we need to be thankful for those who God has awakened and uh, unto His righteousness. Those who uh, have moved on. Uh, from being a baby Christian into becoming skillful, Hebrews 5 says, with the word of righteousness so that our discernment can be what it is. People who don't have their faith in the cross don't have the discernment they could have. Amen, Brother Curtis. Hebrews chapter 5 bears that out. Baby Christians who should be doing things at a certain point that they never will do unless they become experienced in the word of righteousness. That's what your Bible teaches in Hebrews chapter 5 so that their discernment can be what it should be. 2,000 years later, the church man, they ought not be a minister preaching nothing but the cross every time they stand and proclaim the testimony of God's Son. They ought to open that Bible wherever God leads them to and, and declare what God leads them to. And if He's leading and He's guiding and He's speaking through them, He's going to be speaking the testimony of His Son. It doesn't matter what the topic is in the Bible. Jesus said the volume of the book is written of Him. And that is speaking of who He is as the Son of God and what He would do as the Lamb of God. It doesn't mean anything outside of that. If it does, there's a mixture on the table and the bread we're partaking of when we make comments that I've listened to the message of the cross for a few years now and I've learned some things, but now I'm no longer being fed By hearing the Word of God in that context means I really have been distracted and I don't really know what's on the Lord's table. There's a lot of make-believe in the church today. And it's things like these statements that men don't like to hear. But it's the warning that comes along with everything God is saying. You need Jesus taught much warning. Jesus taught... Much and his ministry was a ministry of warning what you had to believe to be saved but what would happen to you if you didn't he told people if they didn't receive him and have faith in him they would die in their sins think about these things we need to think about these things. Let's look at John chapter 6, verse 51. Jesus said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. Now remember, in verse 32 of this same chapter, Jesus said, He's the true bread. There is no true bread, there is no, no partaking of the things of God outside of the true bread which came to be broken. Watch. He reveals it here in verse 51 of John 6. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. Now I want you to get something here. If it didn't come from heaven, and Jesus is the only one who's ever come from heaven among men, then it's not anything God's offering to be partaken of. It's not true bread. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Hebrews 2 and 9. If you don't know it by heart, write it down and learn it. Memorize it and let the Holy Spirit apply it to your heart as a great light of truth, that Jesus Christ tasted death, that's His flesh, being laid down by the grace of God for all men. How many of you know that the first Adam in the Garden of Eden, all of humanity was in Him? And when He sinned, made us all sinners. He represented all of humanity. You can't be born into this world without being a sinner when you get here. Now Jesus, the last Adam, you have to believe upon him to be saved, to be delivered from the family you were born into. That's why Jesus taught you must be born again. But Jesus Christ, in his death, represented all of humanity. He tasted death for all men. At the cross, all men are offered forgiveness. At the cross, all men are offered justification and righteousness, sanctification, wisdom, redemption. Everything God offers is all wrapped up in this one who offered himself on Calvary's cross as the true bread that came from heaven. Hebrews chapter 10, I believe it's verse 20, I might be wrong, says that the new and living way was made for us in the flesh of Jesus. That's talking about him as the bread of life that came from heaven. You have to partake spiritually to be saved. You have to partake spiritually to live saved. And the only avenue of partaking spiritually is partaking, is eating daily bread. And it's broken bread. Take and eat this broken bread. It is my body that I will give for you, Jesus said think about that it is not just faith in the sacrifice and now we just call everything else the bread of, the word of god is bread for our soul it is it, not just because we were born again But because we were born again through the avenue of faith in the broken bread, Jesus Christ and Him crucified for the forgiveness of our sins, but daily we must take up our cross. Why? To continue to partake of this broken bread. The Word of God will always be in the context of us partaking of that broken bread, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. There are those who want to know how to live for God. A few years ago, the Lord told me that we would recognize those who are looking for the truth. We will know those who are looking for the truth. How? Because when they hear the truth, they will receive the truth. And they will cling to the truth and walk in the truth. That's how we know. When the Bible talks about we'll know them by their fruits, it's talking about false prophets and what they teach and those who are doing righteousness because they are righteous in Christ Jesus. Walking in His righteous footsteps, learning the Word of God in its righteous context. And you might say, well, what about people that don't know these things? Well, they're in big trouble and they're most miserable. Because if you believe that the Lord just goes ahead on and does what He does anyway without faith in Christ and Him crucified, you don't believe what the book of Galatians teaches. That you can fall from grace and that Christ can be of no effect and no profit to you. You really don't believe that that knock on the heart's door in Revelation 3.20 is to save people, but it is. That's not to lost people, that's to a church. God does not just go on and do what He does anyway. He does what He does by grace, that means He's doing it, through your faith in what His Son did as the broken bread on Calvary's cross, which allows Him now to teach us the words of life and liberty, to walk in the truth on the path of righteousness means we must be seeing the Word of God in the context of righteousness, which means the context of who Christ is and what He did on the cross. For there is no righteousness in any degree outside of faith in the cross of Christ. The first time you believed and trusted in that work of the death of Jesus on Calvary's cross, you were declared and made righteous by God. He put a cloak of righteousness on you. He set your feet on a righteous path. He made you a servant of righteousness because He had created you, Ephesians 4.24, in righteousness. And the only fruits that can be bare as a child of God are the fruits Of righteousness, which takes grace, trusting in what Jesus did in death by grace through faith from our hearts, believing unto righteousness, we were saved. And then we begin to declare that great truth. Hallelujah. Well, it's been a great broadcast today and we're of course always out of time, I encourage you to pay attention, very close attention to who you're hearing and what you're hearing. A little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. Uh, Just a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. And I'm not talking about people who make mistakes and get a little bit wrong here and there although if they keep going that way, it's not going to be good because every person in the body of Christ today is either growing because they're partaking of true bread, the broken body through faith in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're, and they're becoming more determined to not know anything else. Why would, why would they be found in that avenue? Because they want to know how to live for God in victory and they want to learn how to please God. And those two things are tied together. Living in victory over sin is what God sees that pleases Him because they're tied to faith in what Jesus did in His death. We must remain the course. We must continue to fight the good fight to contend for the faith no matter who says, no matter who does, no matter anything else. We've been brought into a grand opportunity to run this course with with great praise and worship to our faithful God. We've been brought into this victorious race. We've been given ministries, those of you who have them to preach warning every man, teaching every man so that we might be able to see them according to the scriptures presented perfect before God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I praise God for every one of you who are determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. And, And we're all learning to be in that process. We're learning to be found in that process according to the Scriptures. Just not, not how we feel, not, not our emotions, but according to the Scriptures. So if you have any questions or comments, uh, you're watching on Facebook, put them there. If not, you can email me at Curtis Hutchinson at att.net. We'll be glad to minister the truth to you and he- try to help you to see the truth of the cross in every portion of God's Word. If God stirs your heart to be a part of this ministry through giving, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. I'll see you Sunday morning and we'll come with bells on to praise our faithful Lord and Savior and uh, be prepared because He is preparing us every day so that we can be found in His righteousness, making ourselves ready as His bride. He's coming soon for us, saints. Hold on, hold the course. Hallelujah. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.